I'm going to start recording now so that we don't we don't lose anything. So Perfect. so let's so let's start with you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm a father of four, which is uh, wonderful. Um, I'm uh, so that's my my parents live close by, so they have their grandparents nearby. And I'm honestly super excited to see you as a granddad, because just the 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 affection you have for people is just going to be amplified with those little ones. And, <laughs> and the way my father is, my father kind of had a temper. He was kind of a tough dude when he was younger and now with his grandkids he's just a big old teddy bear so it's it's wonderful to see people go through that change but i'm um, father of four uh, they're all under eight uh, eight and under so our youngest is one and uh two of them puked last night so it's been we've been busy um i was i've i've <laughs> i still so know uh, that it's like oh yeah. okay <laughs> bedding comfort you know yeah, yeah. for the kids you know, they get a certain age and they vomit and they did they don't they don't remember ever having vomited vomited before and they're like what's happening to me <laughs> yeah especially the poor little one he, he got a little worked up and puked and he's not even one yet and he was like what is happening that's right exactly that <laughs> the worst thing that he's experienced up to this little point in his life so but yeah uh, so that's that's definitely the light in my life and uh uh i was i've lived in texas my whole life i was born at saint paul in dallas uh the hospital and uh my parents we lived in a little above uh garage apartment in what was actually a, a mansion in uh, this a particular part of North Texas near Dallas that's extremely wealthy, and we had no business being there. But we had the apartment. It's just, <laughs> the way we ended up staying in that area, which was unusual given like we're kind of lower middle class at that point. Uh, my dad worked out a deal with one of the property owners in that area, and he's like, "If you do the maintenance on this place, because this is really just investment for me, uh, I won't change your rent." And we lived there for I think something like fourteen years. Wow. <laughs> so by How the many time of you moved, in that little apartment, I am the eldest of five. Uh, so we moved out of that when I was a baby and then into a small two bedroom uh, duplex, which is where my dad did the maintenance and he had the deal. So uh, by the time we moved out, I think we were paying less than a third of what the duplex across the street was paying. But my dad had worked out that deal and the guy honored it. So we, I grew up, I grew up in hand-me-downs, like, didn't have a lot of stuff the uh, pay less walmart shoes in this church where to kind of give context one of the guys i grew up with who i see now and again he inherited something along the minds of a 70 million dollar trust fund from his grandfather and i don't even think he's touched it just because like people there like that's the kind of wealth you're kind of around but there were other people uh, we were right near smu the uh so there were professors and things like that so there were other people kind of on my level the kids wise and it was a a great life honestly the house was small and it was old but we had a big backyard and my dad would build uh he'd build forts and stuff for us he was always really handy and i definitely inherited that and uh there was a creek down the way where you could fish catfish and crappie and so we, we were outside all the time there was something at peak probably like two dozen kids on the block we were on so it was just kind of that it's something you don't see a whole lot of anymore. Yeah, and yeah. I was luckily I was just right on the cusp of that Internet world where my childhood was pre-Internet and my adulthood is now 
fully in that in that space so um go to but church it was yes uh born into the church it was a small independent church uh it was one of those places we weren't associated with any anybody doctrinally directly but it was very just scripture based and it was a place where i always felt loved as a child like people saw you and they appreciated you and there was community and the families helped each other. I remember staying at other people's houses when my younger siblings were born and they would keep us my, while my mom was in the hospital. So it was just really supportive and loving space, uh, which gave me, you know, based on some of my friends and, you know, the stories we've heard, the experience early on of church is kind of molds your perspective on God in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I had a really great foundation. I, uh, got saved i guess is the word but i just had that spiritual moment i guess the best way very very young i remember mm. it distinctly the feeling i got in a worship service of like jesus being like hey it's me this is me and just this overwhelming sense of acceptance and love and grace and in a child's mind it was just it's still so vivid now as an adult mm. and uh so i would i would like i remember talking to him just candidly, like no, no return voice. I never heard any voices or anything, but just as a child, a very young child, I had this little lamb that I would wind up that would tinkle, Jesus loves you. And I just, I would uh, just talk to him. And I remember it was just a conversational, like you're talking to your best friend, talking to your dad. And and that went on for a while. And then uh, like any life, it uh, it does take a bit of a dark turn. Uh, sometime into that or shortly after that so if you want to kind of go that direction it is an important part of my life so no it's up to you but, uh, yeah so we we uh it kind of i had asthma real bad as a child um and, and ended up in the hospital a few times and got put on those breathing medications and there was one in particular which my mom could tell you the name like off the top of her head i, I can't remember what it is they don't give it to children anymore because it makes you depressed and potentially and makes you suicidal oh my in a goodness. lot of cases so i remember in elementary school going getting sent to the counselor talking about wanting to end my life and the experience i had with that was my mom and the counselor had nothing to say because this is kind of you got to remember I'm, I'm 38 now. So it's, this is kind of pre like counseling and drugs for kids. Yeah. Like I'm, I just dodged that bullet yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. But uh, so the, my experience with the counselor was the counselor and my mother didn't really say anything. And my dad was just like, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and it, he, the, that kind of response to a kid is not super helpful. And then after that, nobody checked in with me. And what I took and what I learned was people don't want to hear your problems that they upset them and they're not going to respond in a positive way. Yeah. And so that was the lesson I learned. And so from that point to 25, so it was probably close to two decades. I did not talk about that depression. Wow. So it was just, it was just an isolation. Um. So, and you know, and then after that we switched churches and puberty hit. And so it was just kind of uh, the church experience. It was an Assemblies of God, which I have nothing against that. You find great people anywhere you go, I yep. found. Yep. But uh, it was charismatic. And as a 12-year-old, I, I think it was when we, we moved, I was about 12. And so I see these adults like babbling. And I'm, this isn't to like cast dispersion on 
anybody's practice or beliefs. But as a kid, seeing people just like babbling this stuff I didn't understand and shaking and convulsing on the floor, I was just like, I just didn't know how to manage that. And it was another place where I had a lot of questions and they weren't getting answered. And I remember it kind of gives you to give you a little perspective of what the people like there was, there was wonderful people again, but uh, I remember having a Sunday school teacher. Like I, I had a cut and I picked a scab because I'm a kid and that's, you know, kids that's love picking scabs yeah. and there was blood. And I yeah. went to, I went to just like lick it. And she went on this like spiel about vampirism and the evils of licking your own blood. And it was just, I was just, it's it just little things like that where it's like, I don't, the only people in the Bible I've seen, because at that point I still, I had learned so much the Bible. It's like the only people I, in the Bible I see shaken on the ground are usually not in a good state. So I just, I had no context, no idea of how to deal with it. And I wasn't communicating about my deeper struggles. Right. So I was very isolated in that space. Right. So it was a, it was a difficult time. And, uh, and then, uh, I don't know quite where to go. So if you have any questions or, well, okay. Um, so as far as like um, proceeding to the next step in the story, high school, college, um, what was that like? Did you, did you have a rebellion from faith at all? I mean, cause differentiation and rebellion uh, I mean, that goes with different, cause you differentiate from your parents, but then the question is, what do you do with religion? And it's commonly a time when, when people sort of differentiate from their parents, especially if their parents are religious, sometimes they differentiate from their parents' religion too. But that goes differently with different people. Yeah, what happened to me was uh, because I had no community at that point, mm. but I also had had such a strong foundation. Mm. Like I believed and still believe absolutely that it's real and it's true. So as I would walk through what became drinking, what became just high risk behavior and just I never did any crime per se, but just like really pushing the limits of what is legal and and really just getting lucky, not getting caught in a lot of the things I did yeah. all the while through that struggle of just trying to quiet my mind. Um, I knew god was real and i knew i could see him in my life despite my rebellion so i had that context that kind of held me because again i i as i mentioned like the suicidal thing did not go away it stayed and it mm. got stronger and it got darker and it was consistent and a lot of uh like the drinking the alcohol was to kind of quiet my mind and sure. i was very luckily i was very active like we had all the kids we were outside doing things i played sports i uh, played basketball baseball ice hockey was my big one for a long time and then skateboarding and I, just always out and about so that it was that exertion that kind of kept those levels low because mm -hmm. you get that anxiety and that energy that builds and i think burning it off was a, a big part of keeping me sane but mm -hmm. uh I, I knew God was real and I knew the Bible was true. Uh, I think uh, on that deep and maybe even somewhat naive childlike level that stayed with me through all of it. Mm. But I didn't, because I had no one to talk to about it. Yep. I couldn't organize my thoughts. Yep. So things would just yep. pile in. And it's funny, I guess that a, a good transition from that is when I finally got out of it, it was, 
it was just sudden like lightning and they say your brain doesn't develop fully till 25 and it was like right right at 25 that i had this intense clarity it's like the two parts of my brain or the various parts of my brain just suddenly came together yep Yep. um can you still see me i can it's 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 been a rather interesting thing because the Fortunately, Zoom is prioritizing the audio, but the I'm basically okay. getting snapshots of you in sequence. So it's uh it, it's a little interesting, but it's okay. It's okay. okay. You can you can turn off the camera if you want better bandwidth, but um you're probably over uh you're probably over a wireless thing and it's having trouble keeping up with the video. But but I still do see you and the audio is still coming through, so that's fine. Okay, that, perfect. That's super yeah. So when you so you talked about this being initiated by this asthma drug, did you stay on this drug the whole time, or did the did the did the drug initiate it? And even when taken off the drug, the depression stayed. Yes, I don't know how much it was specifically involved. I just know that was a factor at the time. I was a bitty, a pretty introspective and moody child. Okay, um, to a degree, uh, and so I think I might have been primed for something like that to affect me that in that way and then just honestly i i don't know how much i took or how long i was on it for but i know it was used in the breathing treatments and i did quite a few of those um so and and it's and the and the relief of it that you it sounds like that just sort of it it left you you know it went away um so is that was that the experience of it that's because that's quite interesting it was it to a degree it was i i have a little thing that always kind of runs through my head it's uh i smile at my old dog now used to bite me on the ass his teeth are out because i took him so my fear of him has passed and so that that was kind of like to put it in words okay it it felt like an old dog that just kind of and it's still with me like that old dog is still there and it almost i'm very i'm very visual and so my mind is always images and so my experience of the presence of the depression is like an old dog and it's almost oddly comforting sometimes to just sit back into that old way and pet that old dog but it's not a good thing and it's not something i look 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 to do but it, it kind of felt like a like a a creature that was present <laughs> with that me. Interesting. Isn't that yeah. interesting? I, I saw, I, I could, I could very much imagine it. I can relate to it. It's a very interesting dynamic. It's so interesting. Huh? No. So, so you're, so did you go to college? Obviously you met a girl at some point cause you have kids. Um, yes, no, I tried a little community college. I've, I've always worked with my hands and even right now I'm out in front of our, the shop I work at. Um, that's why I'm on wireless because we're out in the middle of nowhere uh, at the end of a dirt road. (laughs) So, but I've always worked with my hands. So I didn't end up going, didn't end up going to college. Um, cause I just, the classroom setting just never was for me. A classic boy sit still and listen. I just never really grew (laughs) into that. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I didn't do the college I've, I ha- I've had tools in my hands since I was little bitty. So mm-hmm. you 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 get you give me an assignment, something to build, something to create, something to make out of steel, aluminum, wood, leather, just whatever whatever you can come up with. I'll if I can't do it, I'll find a way and I'll get it done. Mm-hmm. So I I just kind of moved into that space, um, 
just working with my hands. I was, you know, as a kid, I was doing roofing stuff and yard stuff and loading and unloading trucks and working in an ice cream store. I got my first job, actually got my first job at an ice cream store so I could pay to play hockey because it was so expensive. And uh, so just always working. And that's one thing my dad really did learn us well, if you will, (laughs) was to work hard and uh, and do a good job. Yep. And I, I think all five of us definitely internalized that. So I'm, I'm grateful for that from him. Uh, but so how'd you find yeah, your no, wife? Um, friend, actually, we're, we haven't communicated in a while because of some, uh, some difficult times that came and just happened. But he was a very close friend. And his girlfriend, who ended up being his wife, was friends with her. And we went on a double date. And uh, oh, great. we... We uh we hit it off pretty quick and probably quicker than we should have if you know what I mean. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> and uh and it it was one of those things where I think on the first date I was just honest. I was like, I'm looking for a wife. I want a bunch of kids. I want a home, and I want to build a life together. And she was 100% on board, and I think was able to be honest in a way that she couldn't with her mother because mm-hmm. of certain modern feminist ideals uh and so but that that kind of hiding away for her uh turned into some difficulties Mm. uh so we've had we've had a rough eight years Mm. (laughs) and we're finally honestly like by the grace of god come out of it recently and so uh i love her deeply and but i got to the point where i was like god if if she if this isn't going to get better um I the way she's choosing to cope, the choices she's making. Yeah. Uh, I need you to open a door and let me out. But if you don't open a door, I'm not moving. Yeah. Like yeah. I'll stay yeah. here and I'll, you know. But yep. if it's not going to get better, just open the door, let me and the kids go and yeah. get us out of the situation. But yeah. by His grace, like just, you know, pounding away little by little. Like if you stand back, you can see the progress. Because I know you know people who struggle with dependencies and. If you stand back far enough, because each time they fall, it feels like square one. Yeah. Uh, but. But it isn't necessarily. Yeah. In between, you if you if you map that space in between those failures, it's uh, you see the growth, and that's yeah. that's what kind of kept me going, and and God's grace, of course. But uh, we got through it, and now our family really does, for the first time, feel whole, and we've we've connected, but. Good. It was a long, dark space for me and then a long, dark space for us. And so it's just, I feel like I've been isolated in a lot of ways. And I feel, yeah. I think part of the reason I wanted to talk to you is hopefully to connect with some of the other people in this little corner, as it's called, because I've I've been kind of a creeper around the edges and you'll see me on X kind of interjecting occasionally. And I've interacted with Grizz, who I enjoy a lot. And uh but I just haven't really found a way in. Mm. So hoping to find find people in the Dallas area and maybe even just connect on X um, and exuberate together. Yep. <laughs> Whatever the verb is these days. Yep. That 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 try that that a way that way to get in thing is you know I deal with it in church. You deal with it in the corner, whatever on earth the corner is. Um, that those dynamics are always they're, they're always tricky. It's, it's, it's not a straightforward thing. There are, there are definitely people in the corner that are in the Dallas area. And so um, hopefully they'll pick up on that. And, and, you know, estuary was a, 
you know, is kind of a way that we're trying to at least give people a chance to get into something. I mean, that's part of the reason that I'm going to be trying it at nine o'clock on Sunday mornings at church gives a peep gives people a way in. And so churches are always having to sort of continue to create new spaces so that there's new, new ways to get in for people because it's, that's a, that's a perpetual problem in groups. And, and, you know, I look around sometimes at the corner and the people that are sort of visible and it's, it's interesting how many of those people were the early adopters. They got in early. There's really something that to that getting in on the ground floor of something that has a lot of truth to it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I can get that because I mean, I mean, you've sent me some stuff on on Twitter. I I don't call it X because when I hear X, I don't know what we're talking about because there's there's SpaceX, <laughs> there's all kinds of different X's in the world, and it's like uh, there's OSX, and it's like so there's there's only one Twitter. Why on earth would you monkey around with that branding? At least I know what Twitter is. But um, yeah. when, when people say X, it's like what what? what? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's Twitter. That's that's new name. But um, no, I get that. So well, we'll talk a little bit about um, talk a little bit about how you found the corner and what engaged you by it. I mean, what, well, what kind of attracted you? Yeah, um, this kind of comes to kind of the project I've I've sent you a few messages on a little bit because right right when my brain kind of suddenly all clicked together and seemed to interconnect, um, I I developed an intense interest i always loved to learn and always loved science and things like that but a really intense interest in physics and uh so i I, i've the thing i've got and you'll see it on my my x or my twitter uh the the project i've done was kind of born out of that in very early stages just trying to kind of understand how the world worked and i think that was the desire to do that was I always kind of struggled to fit in and struggled to be successful and struggled to, I'd see these people succeeding and I'd see things going well. And I'd see, I'd hear stories that made sense. Like you're even reading something like Lord of the Rings. And, and it's just there, there's an order to things and there's a way that may, <clears throat> things make sense. <clears throat> and so I know, I know there's, I know there's sense in this world, but I just can't seem to grasp it. So I kind of like started at the bottom and just slowly worked my way up trying to understand how things work and how it all works together. And again, being mechanically minded and being an engineering type and also being very artistic just uh, and creative in that sense. I, my, I, I, I could see and I could make and I could do, but for some reason I couldn't transfer that ability to my life and my relationships. And so I kind of set to understanding how how it all fits together and what what the patterns of cognition are and what's the order of operations and how are we operating in this. So that kind of that whole interest, as you as you can imagine, primed me for for the corner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so and then I you know I I commute six hundred miles a week at this point, but before cool. that. I uh, I had a I was a cobbler for a number of years, and before that, I was a valet at the airport. So there was a lot of sitting around. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, yeah, that's the one of the older ones, and uh, the newest one is the rainbow flower-looking thing uh, with all the colors, and that's definitely the most up-to-date version. Uh, I did all the artwork myself, but uh, so that this whole thing kind of primed me for the for the corner, and 
with all of my time with commuting and the kind of jobs I was doing, I listened to tons and tons of podcasts. And honestly, it's not weird to talk to you to right now, even though I listen to you at double speed constantly. <laughs> so I, I was a little concerned about that, but you sound perfectly normal and I've, I've adjusted. <laughs> well, good. But, uh, um, so that primed me for the corner. And then I kind of threw Joe, the classic Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Jonathan Peugeot, PVK yep. was how I made it to you. And I think you, I, I, it's only been about a year, but when I found you, I went through your backlog, several hundred episodes. Wow. And that's got a, a feel, lot. <laughs> got a feel for how you thought and how you talked. And I just, I love the way you interact with people and it's uh, very pastoral, of course, and uh, your affection for people and your affection for strange people, because I, I feel like a strange person. <laughs> and so just being someone delighting in the weirdness and that was always kind of the people I connected with first anyway, were the ones that were a little off or saw things a little differently or interacted in a unique way. That to me was always exciting rather than off-putting because I was like, oh, here's someone who definitely sees things differently than I do. And that will help me expand my perspective. So, you know, hearing Jordan Peterson on Joe Rogan for the first time and uh, his whole chaos and order thing really kind of clicked with what I was working with in the physics sense. And uh, so I, I kind of saw the, the, my ideas and a lot of what he was talking about kind of moved me up, up to the next level of thinking about this and expanding the patterns I had found to more aspects of uh, what it means to be human, which was my project, because I didn't really understand how to be human. I, I struggled with that. And uh, so that's kind of what got me into the corner. And I've just consumed thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of the content and just uh this project is kind of born out of that and uh if uh i don't know if you have it pulled up because i don't know if my i do i do bigger. so i've got that i've got that colorful one pulled up one of the very interesting things is that there are a number of people in the corner who are doing this and they yeah. all have sort of different maps, different schemas. And like this map yeah. that I have in front of me that I'm sharing on the screen. I mean, this is incredibly complex. Um, and and what's cool about it is, you know, you're, you're dealing with so many different um, tensions in this, in this, um, in I'm this schema. I love that you said tension because that's exactly what it is. You see those inner circles and you yep. see those outer circles yep. and each pair is a functional tension of what, how we are, like how our cognition, like right. what it means to be human. Those are the 10 aspects of what I think mean to be human. And it, and the, do you see the little gold curves that go in and out yes. on the inside and the outside? So yes. I, I was uh, mentioned earlier about order of operations. That was a big part of what this is. It's like, okay, well, here are the different parts of what make us human. Like, how do those work together? And so if you think, I, I connected the five sensory aspects, which are, uh, I forget if they're gray, but consciousness, substance, form, morality, and perception, the sensory ones with the five senses. And they, they lined up really nicely because if you think uh, uh, you have consciousness and so you have to hear. So if you look at those little pathways, you have to hear. And if you hear, you have to turn, look, and look to see. Yep. And if you see, you have to aim and reach to touch. Yep. And 
when you touch, you can grasp and you have to invite and smell in order to test. And then, so it's that turn, aim, grasp, test, eat, the kind of very basic, almost biological approach to how, like even just finding food, it's like you have to turn to look and then you have to aim at what you're looking for and you have to take and grasp what you find and you have to test it to make sure it's edible and then you eat it and that's when you internalize it. Yep. And that's kind of why it ends at that space in reality. So, and then it ties into the logos on the outside, which is, I think what conscience is, is our connection to the truth and, yeah. and the state of your conscience is, is based on that. And so there's those, the blue and yellow petals that kind of have the dichotomy of yeah. each one of those sections. And then yeah. the purple and green are kind of the logos, anti-logos. Yeah. And you've got the fruit uh, of the spirit there. Yes. Yeah. And that lined up and you'll see those numbers around it. Uh, something that emerged that I was not looking for uh, that was pretty cool is if you look at the, like, as I mentioned, the sensory sections, uh, one, two, three, four, and five, those line very well up with the first 10 commandments in order. Huh. And then especially so in uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10 are dead on for the, the first five are a little more difficult to understand, but I think they're pretty straightforward. And the the second five uh, line up with the motor uh, aspects of this, what I'm calling the uncut flower, if you like that one, <laughs> um, in reference to a lot of right. what uh, the conversations are right now. But right. yeah, so it lines up, the first five line up with the sensory aspects in order of the cycle. And the next five line up with the motor aspects in order of the cycle. So those 10 commandments line up perfectly with the cycling in this model. So I, that to me was something that was really encouraging and kept me going because this was obviously a very difficult project. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really quite, it, it's really quite interesting. All, I mean, you have so much in this map. I mean, there is so much here and I mean, the difficulty of course is, um attention you know okay looking at the different relationships and the different ways that you've you know in the map that you've structured the relationships and then trying to get a sense of um of it, it's so you so you you just sort of is this like doodling for you um the i hand drew the drawing and then the color was done uh in the computer but okay it's it's taken i don't know it, it's pinned on my Twitter, which is the super ego knot, uh, referencing the the uh, psychological term super ego and not my comic book personal ego. Right. <laughs> like as if I'm some sort of superhero, just just to be clear, because some people have uh, misunderstood that to my detriment. Uh, but the super ego knot, it's pinned. Um, so there was a you can see kind of some of the main shapes as they progressed. Yep. Uh, as yep. I figured it out. So it was like this particular part of the project has probably been two or three years okay. in the making. So it took a while to get to this point. But um, so that's why it looks relatively finished because it, it it's it has a lot of uh, a lot of backstory to it. <laughs> so so. I mean, and and so why? I mean, I think I have a sense that I mean, this. As, as with almost everything like this, this is a, I mean, you probably need to do this at some level. It's a labor of love, but, but flesh, flesh that out a little bit more in terms of what does, 
when you when you make this map, does this give you a sense of okay, now now I can sort of understand the world. I mean, because you're externalizing a mapping, you're externalizing a template, and then that then I would imagine helps you then sort of when something new comes into your life, you have a place for it. I mean, because that's sort of what a kind of one of these maps does for us. It gives us a, a conceptual place for things. Yes, uh, it definitely, I think it just kind of, there's a certain amount of comfort in understanding. Um, there's a certain amount of danger as well, but uh, there's a certain amount of comfort for me in understanding this because it it just, it's like any study you take on, the more you confirm what you believe, the more you test it, the more you challenge it. Because this has been an enormous process of testing and challenging and doubt. Like, uh, like uh, you've got this wrong. This is ridiculous. But uh, there's just these little nuggets that keep falling through that just keep me going. And it, it really is. It is, like you said, something I have to do. I have to do this. I can't not do it. And so I don't I can't speculate specifically as to the purpose behind it but something i'm seeing kind of coming out is with this whole ai space you think about it's coming one way or another yeah and what form is it going to take and if we can understand our own processes of cognition and there is a set of safeguards and mechanisms, if you will. I know you're, that's not your favorite word, but I mean that in a very general sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A certain set of way, if there is a way that things work and we can understand that and then model this creation that's coming uh, as a mind with the same sort of process of thinking, then maybe there's a chance that it won't necessarily be the end of all humanity or some evil destructor like if we can take what's true about us and understand the best parts of who we are and how god made us and apply that in a way determining to use it for good as best as we're able and to the extent that we're able to manage or control that it it would make sense to at least try to build it well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that that's kind of where it's turning at this point is wanting to kind of understand cognition in a in an orderly way to potentially help model ai in a form that would be useful and helpful and beneficial rather than whatever it's turning out to be uh <laughs> as we as we stand by watching so it, it I, again, I can't speculate as to the purpose or who this will help, but I I feel like I have to do it. And it's been the process of learning for me has been very beneficial because I've I've had to I've had to experience so many things in order to be able to build this. I've had to learn so many things in order to walk through this. I've I've had to think through and struggle with doubt uh, to develop a deeper understanding of what I believe to be true. And so regardless of whether or not I'm right or wrong, or there is some greater benefit to this, I know that I have grown immensely in yeah. just pursuing what I felt was important to me in an honest way, because yeah. that's been the biggest thing really is just being honest with myself about, you know, is this becoming an idol? Is this something that you're doing because 
you must uh, just that tension that always exists with any project is like, at what point is this something that I'm doing for my own ego, as we mentioned, or, or is there, is there something more to this and I need to trust God and, and work through it to its end. And so I'm kind of in that, in that place of unknown, but uh, I just, when I have time between work and kids, I like, I like to work on this and it, and it fascinates me and brings me into spaces that I didn't expect. Yeah. And uh, so I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. Well, I think that, I think the, the value that you just expressed is important. And there's um oh, one of these online guys, he was, he was a music producer or something. I, I clipped the, um, let's see if I can find it. I, I bet you I can find it. I'm all, I'm always trying to improve my, um, I'm always trying to improve my archival methods because, um, because I find things. Oh, okay. Here it is. Let, let me see if I can, uh, we'll see. We'll see if I can get this sound too. I don't hear the sound. Um, okay so it's it's rick rubin who mm-hmm. um he's i don't know some guy who's done something and so people pay attention to him for some reason i mean we use each other um and watching you kind of think through this reminded me of this i'll for those who are will listen to the audio i'll just i'll just read the words that come up because it's one of these little youtube shorts where it's you know that there's some um there's some machine that is doing the uh, transcription. Rick Rubin, the audience comes last. Something I say in the book is that the audience comes last, and I believe that I'm not making I'm not making it for them. I'm making it for me. And it turns out, oops, oops, oops. Well, I guess my I guess my recording of it. But basically, um, basically the idea was that what you're in in this project you are i would imagine you know very much making this for you and so there is definitely value in that now obviously it would be nice to um have others share in your joy (laughs) yeah and have others enjoy the fruit of your labor um it's it's incredibly complex which you know, one of the one of the things that you learn as a pastor is you can have what what feels to you in your mind the most incredible breakthrough insight, um, it's just a world changing thing, and then once it leaves your lips, it just kind of goes. Bleh. I mean, every week you do this with a sermon. You where you work all week on this sermon, and you blup out it goes. And the next week there's going to be another one. And for me, it's you know a daily cycle, almost with a video and an idea and an insight. Blah 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 blah. To the degree, and I'm 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 astoundingly I'm astoundingly fortunate in that I have the um I, I have the I have the good fortune of a sense that well. I, I don't know that I don't know that all of this is in vain because at least some people are paying attention to it and at least people are talking back. And so um, but but to to have a project like this as a labor of love, I guess I, I'm, I'm saying all this to encourage you that even <laughs> though that. even though I would imagine on a, you know, a small Twitter account where you've got your um, your your things here um, and well, let's uh 
it, it's so easy because because of the way these social social media networks here. There we go. I'm now following you. You have a new follower. Um, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I'm number 120. Uh, followed by Matthew Pajot. Hey, he colonized Matthew Pajot, who's not on Twitter. He colonized Mark Lefebvre. That's good. And two others. So um, I'm getting there. <laughs> but I would I would encourage you not to worry too much about the uh, the the analytics and the numbers and all of this. Um, partly because even though you're reaching the end of your 30s, you're still pretty young, um, especially for a project like this. Because this is the kind of thing that, and like I said, there's a number of other people in the corner who have projects like this. It's I, on a fairly regular basis. People will send me their schemas, and yeah. they're you know what they're doing is they're sort of mapping the world. And maybe we need a um, actually maybe one of the things we should do is have a we have an arts group and we have different kind of groups. Maybe we need a a mapping group that that people share their maps because i think there's a sense in which all of you are and at this point it's all men well no there's a lot of men in the corner so that's that's a sample <laughs> question too but at this point it's pretty much all men but there's very much it, it's a it's a it's a map making project and i wonder if um you know it would be interesting to get a whole bunch of you together and start having you you know, kind of share your maps with each other because then, of course, then suddenly you'll you'll probably catch an insight that somebody else's map has that your map doesn't have, and so now I have to integrate this in my map. And I think we're all always doing that with our, you know, we talk about our internal maps. That's a metaphor, obviously. You've now taken this internal map and sort of created it out there, and the benefit of that is, of course, now that it's out there now others can begin to engage with it and and of course on one hand there'll be critiques which are it's kind of painful because you know this is your baby you've put <laughs> hours and hours into it but at the same time that's also it's also a sense of it, it's better than having everybody just kind of look at it and say huh <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> I, I because it's you know it's a lot um, yeah. just to, just to look at this thing, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> yeah. but no, I'm, uh, I'm craving that critique. Like I, I want that interaction. And, uh, so if anybody is interested, if anybody hears this, like, just like reach out and I'd, I'd love to interact about it because I've been in it and isolated working on it forever. And there is a, a point where your perspective can only give you so much. And luckily yeah. with all these podcasts and all these videos and all this media nowadays, I can, I can kind of argue with you and I can argue with Jordan Peterson and argue with Sam Harris and argue with whoever kind of in my head as I listen to you. So there's a certain amount of interaction you can manage, but nothing beats trying to explain the way you see the world and share that with somebody else. There's an enormous amount of satisfaction that comes from that. And, I, I just just the endorphins that get released and the progress you make when you really try to incorporate somebody else's perspective into what it is you're doing. Yeah. And so I, I'm definitely hungry for that. So well, that's I was, good. Uh, yeah, that, that's good, because sometimes I've met people who have these things and they almost become their little idols idols yeah. of their own creation. And they just, you know, yeah. they have their little perfect system and. And and all they are are defensive about their little perfect systems, but I don't get that sense from you. And 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 but this is, I mean, 
this is really cool. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a powerful thing because what it shows is that you have been paying attention and you've given real thought to a bunch of relationships in the world. And, and that's, that's pretty important. And, you know, when you look at, say, what Jordan Peterson has done or what Vervecchio, you know, if there's something that's sort of in common in this little corner, it's that we are all sort of doing what you're doing here. Most of us yeah. just haven't sort of taken pen to paper in in terms of diagram. But, of course, when you look at Peterson stuff, I mean, Peterson had all of these diagrams that he had in Maps of Meaning. And and so it was, it was very much a similar thing. Yeah, I think that was... Kind of part of why I was inspired to continue this as well, because my my background is working with my hands and building things and making things that work and that function properly and understanding how they work, taking things apart as a child so I could re remake the mechanism. Um, so I and I've made a lot of I like to make tools in my life to start solve particular problems, especially in the small business shop I'm working at now. I get a lot opportunity because of the limited budget to kind of solve these these problems of how do we do what we need to do. And uh, part of what I didn't know how to do was operate well in the world. And so I, I, it was kind of born out of that desire to, to understand how to operate well. And uh, I think what may have frustrated me slightly in a positive way about just kind of the, maybe even this little corner to a degree is the lack of tools and that's kind of my thing is tools like how, okay, like I love the ideas. I love what we're talking about. There's a lot of philosophy going on. We see things, we identify them, we categorize them and we have them all. We have our shop perfectly organized. We have all our hardware, you know, alphabetical. We have all our plumbing and electrical and all our tools are nice and clean and oiled. And it's like, so what are we going to build? <laughs> and that's kind of, kind of how I felt. I'm not saying nobody's building anything, of course, but just uh, so at, at what point are we going to open the front doors of the shop? And I know there's a lot of people trying to do that, but what does that look like to open the front doors with the shop and either offer a product or start taking in work from, from others? And I know that's happening to a degree here and there, but I think in a, I, I took it very literally in, in trying to understand how we work and building hopefully a useful tool is what I'm hoping it'll turn out to be though. I have no idea exactly, but I think what I, what I hope for it as well is you think of a library filled with books that sit still. What I kind of want this to turn into is a library of books that are alive and move. Mm -hmm. So you see where, where the book plugs in where the book lives, where the knowledge is in relation to other sets of knowledge, where the study is, where the science is. So it, an organization of philosophy and science and understanding and discovery, like where that fits in and what it looks like and how it interacts with other aspects. Cause the, it goes much deeper than what you just see on the page. There's the, this is the very, I, I have in my Twitter, profile trying carefully to trace the pattern on the floor and that's kind of the idea it's like i wanted to get all the way down to the bottom and find that base pattern and then from there build back up 
with a new understanding of of how the world works and in in my opinion how god made it and uh and and hopefully discovering a new who he is and what he's like and how he interacts with us yep. and so uh that's very tied into what i'm doing right now no and i i very much i very much see that vision it's been interesting in the corner the the frustration that you just expressed many share that frustration because oh it's just all the thinking and the talking we need more doing okay but then the question is always (laughs) okay what to do and because then when like someone will have an idea well we should do this and they okay we should do this but who's we because then they'll get you know a few people with them and then maybe it'll go for a while and then it'll peter out the and and this is I mean, because what you're what you're what you're looking at here is is very much the the challenge of life, and yeah. and part of what's I mean, part of what we're dealing with now is, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Plato or Socrates or um, or anything old had an advantage now now the advantage that it had was that it was old and it got in first with a bunch of things and then uh, once once you're in first other things can sort of build on it um the and the other the other thing about what we have left of what it's old and what's still valued has sort of been tested by time and people keep bringing it up so what is new always has a challenge and and the challenge of the new is especially in an internet world now where everything there's so much out there it's the sort of breakthrough and then you know i remember when jordan peterson sort of breakthrough in 2016 2017 i was i was having a conversation with ron dart and ron dart basically was saying well there've been a bunch of other jungians who have sort of broken through and i think you know in a year or two you know, everybody will think back on Jordan Peterson and say, oh, yeah, remember him. Um, but, you know, where is he today? And in a sense, I don't know that that's really happened because part of the difficulty is, of course, attention and focus. So it's a it's a and I always I always use the word colonizing because in a sense, yeah. that word colonizing sort of gets at. When when you colonize someone else you sort of get access to their resources, their attention and their energy and their power. And then suddenly things can sort of take a communal thing. And now a whole bunch of people are doing something together. And that obviously has more power. The But there's a sort of a reciprocal, there's a reciprocal aspect to that colonizing too, in that there are always, especially in a very, um, in, in a context like we have, which is not very, you, you can't really go out and make people do things anymore very easily, and especially not on the internet. It's no. all, <laughs> all got to be attractional. In other words, you really have to colonize them deeply to get their attention and get them, and they have to be willfully on board. And that willingness always comes, and you realize this in a church, that willingness always comes with a degree of brokering and negotiation. Because people are like, okay, I'll sign on to your project, but I need these few things for myself. And if you give me these few things, then I'll allow the other thing. The difficulty is that the combination of the negotiating with all of those things, with all of those people, 
makes it incredibly difficult. For example, if you're going to start an estuary group and say, okay, we want to start, great, we all want to start an estuary group. Okay, we're going to do it at Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. Well, I can't do Saturdays because it's the only day with my wife. Oh, well, um, I can only do Saturdays. And so you very quickly see that. Um, and that's part of the reason platforms have an advantage because platforms are in some ways already spaces that are have set asides you know they're yeah. almost like easements in a in a in a code and so if you can yeah. sort of control the easement well then you can gain access to the platform and yeah. and so think, it's really tough to break through that's what i'm saying yeah i like your idea of a group of map people because i think part of you know as everything you said it's it's very difficult to get something going but when you have a map it's almost like a, a product in a way it's it's something that people can add to and you can build on and it's something where it it has a shape yeah. and it's something that someone kind of like the the difficult of entering into this little corner as you've talked about like the introduction gap of people trying to understand and start to incorporate themselves and their own perspective into all the people talking in this space and but i think I that's one thing too that I appreciate about the art project and I'm hoping to maybe even connect with those people as well because I've been in art my whole life and uh, I think just having something that people can look at and be like okay what is this what 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 is going on here and and having that anchor point as as an object almost um, kind of like a lighthouse or something like that where there's you, you're making something that you want to benefit others. You want to build on, you want other people to build on and to cooperate in and work, work with so that it can grow and it can develop and, and just having, so I kind of think of this in, in the map drawing, I think maybe is, is a space that is lacking and something that could be coordinated to offer, offer a, a product of sorts which may sound a little capitalistic. It's not like something we're selling, but just something that that has a certain appeal and has a certain beauty to it. And and that's what I've tried to do with each one of my drawings. I tried to make it something that was attractive as well as yeah. encapsulating of all the concepts. Because that was one of the most difficult things is coordinating all the concepts into something that was beautiful. And I think that project needs more attention in my own opinion which is my bias but the the creating something that people can see people can interact with and uh so well and i know so for this conversation i'm going to first it's going to go into the member section and then at some point because what I do is I stack up content in the member section for a while. Some of it will always stay in the member section. Some of it will go to the general channel at some point because the the content I do is always dependent on the time I have. And so when I hit a patch where I don't have any time to make any content, then I can release some of the um, the conversations at that point. But I'm going to use this for the thumbnail. And there's going to be certain people out there who are subscribed to the channel or at least watch the channel semi-regularly YouTube's going to put this up on the thumbnail and certain people are going to see this and are going to say, oh, 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 I make those. And, yeah. and then, <laughs> and then you're going to find a friend. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that's what I'm hoping for. And that's, and that's <laughs> what I'm hoping for too. And that's part of the reason, you know, part of the reason I have these rando slots because I, I, I started these rando slots because I had way more requests for, for slots than I had time. And so I wanted to sort of randomize it in a sense to say, okay, it's, they're going to try and have a little bit of, I, I want kind of an open, I, I, I don't, what happens with hierarchies is they do bind and blind and the bigger the channel gets, the more I only hear from people I already know and like, and that then sort of hems me in. And so that's why I keep the rando slots open because, yeah. and you contacted me and it's like, well, let's do a talk. It's like, um, and <laughs> And, but, 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 you know, but that's why I do the rando slots because eventually, hopefully, you know, if you're motivated enough, you're going to keep an eye on those little slots. Oh, one opened up. I'm going to grab it. And then we can do this because I'm, I'm really happy to share this because I know for a fact, there are others out there who are also waiting for rando slots who are doing a similar thing. And I do, I do want you all to find each other because it's actually in once so you've got your mapping and then other maps and other maps. And as you start to put those maps together, theoretically, at least the maps will even get better and more useful. And then that whole project can grow and find more people. And that's a really cool thing. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I appreciate this format. It really is wonderful. And I got lucky, just pulled up to work early in the morning and just, I have a little tab with the the calendar on there and I just, I'll oh, look at it. And there it was next day. <laughs> So I'm sure I people tell people, will people, people like there's never any slots open. I say, I know, I know. Because first, first thing I did when I first made Calendly, it was like <laughs> Calendly will, it'll look for any open thing on your schedule. Now I'm not the kind of person who just fills my calendar. Like this is when I'm working on this. This is when I'm working. I don't do that. Most of it's open. So, okay, that wouldn't work. So then I just had yeah. limited sections during the week and immediately they all filled up. And I was like, but then suddenly I didn't have time to do my day job, which is kind of important. So, yeah. so then I limited it. And so then I limited it and then it's, then it filled up for like people were having, people were having scheduling out six months out, but then yeah. two, three months into it, they would send me a note and say, you know, I got this rando slot, but something came up in my life and I can't do it this week. So we could, we schedule it. And it's like, I can't, I can't do that. So then yeah. I just said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to look a week or two ahead. I'm going to open them up when I know I have the chance. And, but that then discourages a whole bunch of people because like, there's never any slots open. I know, I know, but they will come open at some point. Trust me, they will. And so yeah. you didn't get discouraged. You got one. And and actually yeah. the guy I was talking to you before that, Peter, so, so what has happened is human beings are so amazing. So I made a system and of course the community gamed the system. So yeah. now there are little groups of people that whenever a slot opens up, in fact, one guy wrote a, a computer program so that whenever I open a slot, he gets a notification. And he said, you know, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been responsible with this thing. And yeah. it's actually a gaming like this is how I got my conversation, my first conversation with Jordan Peterson. Because somebody had gamed that system and they thought, I want Paul to talk to Jordan. And so he, he contacted me. He didn't tell me he had gamed the system. He said, I, I I I have this slot and I want you to have it. I thought, oh my goodness, that's so... Because he had to give like $100 a month to Jordan to get these slots. And, yeah. and so 
I thought, oh, that's so generous. And then I kept thanking him on and on. He got embarrassed by it. And he said, don't thank me anymore. It's because I gamed the system. That's why I could have unlimited slots. I thought, oh, gosh. <laughs> I benefited from a scam. Um, but yeah. anyway, so I'm really, I'm really glad you got a slot. And I'm really, you know, I, I really am happy to give you a chance to use my channel so that other people can find this. But it's, I just... Well, I, very... I get a lot of I get a lot of message I get a lot of maps like this and it's like that's really cool but it would take me hours to sort of yeah. drill down into this thing yeah and that's why like before we started I was like we don't have to talk about this if it doesn't come down to it but I'm I'm glad it did because it is important to me and it is and just I appreciate your generosity with your time and it really does every time I hear a rando and I listen to all of them all the way through and. It just it kind of opens the world back up and reminds you that yep. these little icons on your screen are are people with stories and and the stories can be you know difficult and hard but so far most people have had just a positive outlook and it's really encouraging and they're finding their way and if you find them you're able to encourage them as well yep. and just it, it's a it's a wonderful networking tool and yep. and I'm I'm really grateful that you do it because I I have benefited from it as well just listening well, to those. Well, it's my, it's, it's in many ways, my favorite part of the channel. And I think it's the most yeah. important part of the channel, but actually there's a mercy in this. It's not a very scalable part of the channel yeah. because most people who watch my videos, you know, it's a connection to some high status thing, connection to some famous thing, connection to some common issue we're all talking about and all of that. I love making those videos too. Those are, those I do for my own mental health because I like thinking out loud and then anybody watches them is it's total fun. And then it's me playing with the algorithm. Oh, what if I put this in a thumbnail? What'll that video do? Uh, so there's yeah. a lot of that, but, but human beings are astounding. And like you said, yeah. all those little icons, everyone has a story. Phil Nickerson um, went through a couple of years ago and listened to every single Rando's conversation. Cause they're all in one playlist. All the conversations are in one playlist. And he went through every one. It was fun because every time he would listen to one, he would add a comment. And the way YouTube works is new comments come up regardless of the video they're in. And most of the comments are to the most recent videos. Cause that's sort of how the, how the algorithm works. But yeah. I, I, you know, to me, it is so much fun meeting you and, and I did want to talk about your maps because I know one part, one way into you is your story. And that's why I always start in that because that's the most common way that people sort of work with each other. But another way into you is this map. Yeah. It's just that it's, it, it, it's, I mean, I, my guess is your wife doesn't pay any attention to this. Oh no, she hasn't even read any one of the number of books I've written to try to articulate this. <laughs> I know my wife has watched none of my videos and my wife is like, I want to watch his videos. I, I already know the guy. I mean, I, yeah. I don't have to watch his videos and he he's interested in all he's interested in Jordan Peterson and you know, and she, she can, she recognizes some of the names, but um, most of them, yeah. she's like, eh, you know, she's, she's paying attention to all the stuff. She watches declutter videos. Um, yeah. which, <laughs> there's was... a certain there's a certain grace to that as well though because when when i spend time with her i have to let this go yes and again returning to the Id idolatry thing yes it's like that's a constant fear with this is i i don't want it to become that because it dies at that point it's the, yes 
the rock carved rock on the mantle at that point. And I don't want it to be that. And so, to, you know, turning and building relationship with her is, and my children as well, it's just, especially since they're young, it's an opportunity to check out of this and return to real life. And I think people who don't have that, I feel for you because you, it, it would be very easy to get sucked deep into these things. And I know, I know that happens and I've struggled with that in my own life. So it is a grace when your wife is not interested in yep. what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, and it could be that one of your kids, um, it might even be after you're dead. One of your kids comes across this stuff and it's like, Oh, look at this. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, probably the other three will be like, yeah, that's this crazy thing dad used to do. But one of them will be like, this is kind of cool. You know, he thought about the relationships between all of these concepts and how they work. And, you know, cause it is, it's when I look at this thing, it is, it is super cool. It, it really you. is. It's super <laughs> cool. Now, I, I don't pretend to understand it, but yeah. I, what I do know is that for you, this is a mapping of you and it's a mapping of the universe. And it's, and again, to have, to have, put this all out there. Well, now suddenly you have something that you can interact with, which is a very yeah. powerful thing. Yeah. And you, like you said, it's just, it's uh, I lost my thought there, but no, I appreciate you saying that. Like uh, it does mean a lot and it's uh, better than say, what are you wasting your time with this stuff for? This is insane. <laughs> Yeah. It isn't insane. It's by no means insane. Yeah. And so I do uh, hope that yeah. that you find some others who are sort of mappers like you. Yeah. And because then again, then, then you start putting your maps together. Now that now now we're really getting into something interesting. But then you'll all be frustrated as a group because we have this great map and nobody sees it. Yeah. <laughs> we made a well, YouTube channel and we only have 50 subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> at least we're frustrated together, though. That's, that's yes. a big part of it. But yeah, I mean, then I remembered my thought is, like you said, people are amazing. And what I love about this is that it's, it's like, this is people. Like if you, I'm seeing them on a deeper level, I'm seeing them in a different way. And I, there's nothing more interesting in this world than people. Yep. And so I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly with that sentiment. Well, so. Gabriel, this, this has been fun. Um, I'll put, I'll put all the links to this out. So other mappers will be like, oh, I found another one. Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully they'll be, they won't be, they won't be jerks. There'll be some jerkishness in them, but uh, some of right. the most brilliant people have the hardest time with other people. So that's just the way yeah. it goes with people. But, um, and I hope you, I hope you find some others who, who you can really dig down and find a group of collaborators on this. Cause I, I think there's real yeah. value in it. And I, you know, well, it's you. just hard figuring out how to bless the world with it. That's so hard, but yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. I hope y'all do something in Dallas or Austin or Houston, something down here so I can get there. But there, uh, there's been one of these days I'll run into you. There's there. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk of a Texas, of a Texas gathering at some point. Nobody's it pulled has... it together yet. It's a big, it's a big endeavor to pull together. And so yeah. that's part of the reason once a group of, if a group of people can do it together, then, but that requires trust. And, but there's a, yeah. there's a whole bunch of you in Texas and there's a whole bunch of you in the Dallas area too. So yeah, hopefully you can find each other. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. 
Thank you, Gabriel. It's been a it's been a joy getting to know you a little bit. All right. Yeah. Have a good evening. Take care. Bye bye.